Danny. Hi, welcome to Hearsay. I'm Diane Neal, and with me, as always, is my trusty producer, Danny. Hi, Danny. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Not too shabby, man. I'm on a New York City rooftop. The sun is shining. The weather is inglorious. Just Back rode in a your bike. natural environment. That's right. Right in my natural habitat where like animals aren't eating. Nice. I told you about that animal that was eating another animal the other day. Did I tell you about this? I went out to the front yard in Florida. Was it a, and they, was it a, there was a was lizard. Was it an alligator? No, but that alligator that no one names is still there every morning. But uh, this was like a giant <laughs> lizard and it was eating a snake that was trying to get away. And the snake's trying to get away, and the lizard's like, like ripping pieces off, and the snake gets away a little, like rips. It looked like a gummy worm, but like, you know, a large one being eaten. And it was like so Aztec, man. It was like, wow. full oh, yeah, on. yeah. Yeah, it was like that. an omen from ancient times. But you know what I love about the city? Not a lot of other animals eating other animals. That's true, except yeah. for humans. Except for humans doing stupid things. Like, you know, nothing compared to the shooting, but like that guy that shot someone on the subway the other day that worked at like Goldman yeah. Sachs. He was just on the subway and the dude got shot. Like just, okay. Yeah. I know people are getting really sketched yeah. out about riding the subway here because uh, there's the, the, the crime on the subway has gone up quite a bit. I believe it, the technical number is 57%. Wow. Which is a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think there's been what 200, 213 mass shootings in the U.S. at this point since the beginning of the year. Two hundred fifteen, yeah, since the beginning of the year. We are number one. We are number one. That's not like that's nothing to be proud of, but like it's insane. It's insane. So Dan yeah. and I were just talking about this because, as uh, many of you know at home, like when we're recording this, the day before was another insane shooting. This one at an elementary school in Texas. So far, the count is 19 children and I think four adults and uh, not including the shooter, who was another 18 year old, angry, rage filled guy who turned 18 like a week ago and for his birthday was like, give me some guns. I want guns. I want some automatic rifles. Yay. Did his... Did his parents buy him the guns? I don't even know if his parents bought them yet. I don't think it's come out or if he bought them himself. But at 18, he was allowed to go in with like a history of violence and go in and because that you can't like most gun purchases, like I think 50% in Texas don't require a background check. So you right. know what the, the crazy part is? 90% of people in this country, 90% want sensible like gun safety regulations. 90 percent mm -hmm. like background checks or like people on a no fly list don't get to have a gun like that's something wacky like that yeah. oh you're a terrorist yeah. and you know you can't fly like how about you don't get a gun you know pretty simple stuff 90 percent. but the problem yeah. is everyone's like but i don't know if the, if the number's that high why why don't the politicians do anything about it because it's all their constituents want it you know what the problem is danny we're not their constituents big businesses that's true yeah. yeah, ever since Citizens United, when money equals speech and it's unlimited for people that have unlimited funds, which includes most giant corporations, like we don't stand a chance. We don't have a voice anymore. We're not their yeah. constituents, which is like yeah. what drives me nuts. I'm like, no taxation without representation because we're not being represented anymore. We shouldn't be taxed. 
the big corporations yeah. that are being represented, they should be taxed. It's interesting because if you look at the um, if you look at the statistics on what Congress passes, huh. there's a fifty percent chance of a bill getting passed if it has one hundred percent support by the public. That's if it has zero percent support by the public, there's a fifty percent chance of that bill getting passed. So whether there's a zero percent support so for a bill no or one hundred percent, yeah, it makes no difference at all wow. whatsoever. Wow, so that is abysmal. It, it tells you a so lot it, about how Congress functions. Right. Who are they listening to? Because it's absolutely 100% not the people. It's the people that line their pockets. Back in the day when I used to lobby for the anti-tobacco movement, which was like the only way I could quit smoking, was to like become the national spokesperson for the anti-smoking movement. Like that's the only way I could do it because I was like, oh, that I feel obligated. Like I can't be on the posters and the billboards. Like if I'm actually like secretly having You're a like cigarette. secretly smoking. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the only way. It's the only way I could do it. But I used to like lobby in Congress all the time. And it was wild. Like I'd, I'd be going around and talking to different senators and Congress people. And like, th- I remember this one. Blanche Lincoln. And and I looked up the stats on everyone we were going to be beating with before we got there. And it was an obscene amount of money. I, it was like in the 20s percentile that she got from the tobacco industry. And so I'm like, wow. and so the first words out of my mouth, I was like, Blanche, do you think there's any way you could support us when you, you get a quarter of your co- campaign contributions from the tobacco industry? And the people I was with from like they were freaked out. They're like, oh, how dare you ask her that? I'm like, what? We're here to lobby against anti-tobacco. Like, this is a legitimate question. Can yeah. she do that? Yeah. If she's getting that much money from them? Probably not. Let's move to a different office because this bitch ain't doing anything to help us. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's crazy. crazy. And you'd think that, like, in the year 2022, that the tobacco lobby would be... I mean, I know that it, it is less powerful than it used to be, but it's still not as weak as you would think that it would be well how is the gun lobby so insane like how is the nra still so powerful what did you just tell me earlier today about the gun this big nra meeting that's coming up yeah so all right so i found an interesting story um so you would think that at any nra conference they would love to have tons of guns there however um at the upcoming speech at trump at Trump's upcoming speech at the NRA conference, they're going to ban all guns. You know why? So, why? Because none of them want to get killed. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, you're, you know what? Your, second, your yeah. second Amendment right, your second Amendment right ends when it interferes with other people's right to live. And right now, it's interfering with a lot of other people's right to live. So, you know what? I'm yeah. sorry. doesn't count anymore. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And all these idiot people who are like, oh, it's like a mental health issue. You know what? You're right. It is partly a mental health issue. Another reason to have universal health care, because if you can't spend the money to go to the emergency room for like a broken limb, you sure as hell are not paying for psychological care. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know who, who whose platform I really liked when it came to gun violence in particular, um, her, like going back to the 2020 presidential, uh, the Democratic presidential primaries um, is Elizabeth Warren actually, because Ooh. the way that she wants to, the way that she would like to approach gun violence in the U S yeah. is I think something that a lot of people can get on board with, even if you are one of those like gun, uh, crazy pro gun people, 
uh, because she really wants to treat gun violence as a public health issue. So that means um, looking at the statistics, the, epidemio- right. the epidemiology well, of gun it. violence. Right. We're not allowed yeah. to study it at the moment. It's because it's illegal. Yeah. They've made it illegal to study how gun violence spreads throughout society. So the CDA, uh, the CDC, which would normally want to study this kind of thing to see if there's anything that we can do to prevent it or to at least learn more about it, because it does take a significant amount of human lives. Right, um, even suicides. Com- like, completely but, tied. Right. So, yeah. So suicides are a big thing. Um, handguns are a big thing. Uh, you would think that assault rifles might be like the number one thing because they, they're often they in the news so much. They used to be much. banned. They used to be banned. There was an assault right. rifle ban for years. Right. But even even without an assault rifle ban, what's interesting is like there's so much you can do even just with regulating, uh, but also like treating people that are most likely to commit gun violence from an epidemiological perspective. So that's like middle aged men, younger men, people that are depressed, people that are going to be more likely or not to be suicidal. Um, and we we can't do any of that stuff with the way no. that our system is currently set up. So no. even if like I think even if you're completely against gun bans, you're completely against regulating whether people can purchase guns in any capacity. You're against background checks. Even if you're against all of that stuff, I feel like you should at least be in favor of allowing us to learn more about how gun right. violence is spread. Well, Dan- Danny, here's the other thing too. And like, I'm, this isn't like a like a pop quiz, like putting you on the spot trying to make you look <laughs> stupid. Do you know the first line of the Second Amendment? I don't. Yeah. No, most people don't, especially in most like well, NRA members. I do know don't. that it says. Uh, yeah, it says. I believe it's like the right to bear arms. No. In a well maintained, no, well regulated militia. No. Or a well regulated militia. And the right. reason we had we needed a well-regulated militia at the time at the at the time that the it was written right the Bill of Rights was written is because we didn't have a standing army a standing army is what we have nowadays right the founding fathers were terrified of like having a standing army because that's the thing that backfired it backfired in ancient Rome it backfired in ancient Greece it backfired in Britain it backfired like you know throughout history having a standing army usually backfired to some degree, right? Because you got people like Napoleon and you got people like Julius Caesar. You got other kind of, you take the army over and take over the country. So they were very afraid of having a standing army. There was no such thing as the Navy. There was no such thing as anything. We didn't have any kind of military force. So everyone needed to be conscripted and part of militias. And also too, back in the day, think about it. I I own a musket. I actually gave it to someone like a, a couple of years ago, but I own like a Revolutionary War musket. It takes, oh, wow. yeah, it was awesome. It had like a working flint and everything. And it, <laughs> it, it took at least like 15 seconds to get off one shot that was poorly- oh, yeah poorly aimed you know what i mean yeah yeah you weren't you weren't completely different technology existed when the bill of rights was written than exists today right well the other thing people do too is like we needed to fight against tyranny and i'm like okay honestly if you're really fighting against tyranny like even internal tyranny if it's like you against the government say it really is like you're just like off in the woods like i'm gonna make a last stand like against the government what they have now are things called drones you know, that will literally take you out in two seconds. It doesn't matter yeah. what kind of armament yeah. you have. If you are you think you're going to stand up against tyranny or like the citizens are going to fight against any kind of like military action, if that's in your 
thing. Because, like, I figured this out. Did we talk about this, like, last week? I figured it out. I'm like, I'm like Republicans, they have conspiracy theories, right? Mm-hmm. And Democrats have fantasies. But, like, like... <laughs> so, so true. Like, well, like, dark fantasies, but, like, fantasies, you know what I mean? Like, oh, did you hear Putin has cancer? You know what I mean? Like, amazing, you know, like, oh. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the, the conspiracy theory is like, oh, we're going to have to fight the tear. We're going to have to fight against our own government and this and that. You're not going to win because the government is the military, and the military has all kinds of weapons that you right. don't have. There is no yeah. AR in the world. that's gonna, You're literally going to be obliterated in five seconds. So that doesn't even yeah. count anymore. Like, so shut up yeah. about that argument. It's really, it's really interesting. I think of our society, like if gun ownership was structured within our society, the way the bill of rights intended it to be, then you wouldn't have government spending on military to the degree that we do. And you wouldn't have individuals buying guns. It would be like, well-regulated militias, right? Right. The government would be giving regulations for, yeah, hey, like these are the uh, requirements of militias that they have to follow. It's essentially a decentralized military. Right. But We're going to go train generally, like a reserve system. Like it's kind of like the, the, the military reserves, right. like the army yeah. reserves. Of the, yeah. Yeah. But but instead, what you see is that generally people that are proponents of the Second Amendment tend to favor really, really t- like large amounts of government spending that centralizes the military to the point where, yeah, if there ever were the need to defend yourself against the U.S. government, there's no way that that First would happen. Of, yeah, and like you're, no one's ever going to call up the militia to fight like other people. Do you know what I mean? They'll have a draft to right. put you in the standing army or the standing right. navy or the yeah. standing marines or this and that. Yeah. The militia is unnecessary. Yeah. And if you, so, if you think you're going to fight tyranny with like, we, it doesn't matter. It, you could have a Sherman tank in your front yard. You're going to fight tyranny with that. Tyr- <laughs> tyr- tyranny's going to take you out like right. that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. See you later. Like that's the hill you want to die on. Literally we can help you. So, okay. So this, this brings up a good question then. Um, there are different schools of thought when it comes to like judicial rulings, right? Like different, um, ways of interpreting especially you know these virtually ancient documents like the constitution right um and you have you have like a school of thought which i feel like tends to pat itself yeah they tend to pat themselves on the bat they'll they'll call themselves like literalists or originalists right and oftentimes what you see, what I, what I've noticed is that usually it's hardline conservatives that are interpreting things in a very metaphorical way, but claiming that this is literally word for word how it is written. Right, and they'll so, go back. They'll go back to dictionaries at the time to to suss out the meaning of the word, what it meant at the time, so they can try and extrapolate from that what the original intention of the framers were. Do you know what I would like to see? I would like to see everyone on the Supreme Court that's an originalist go and take a dump in an outhouse every day and stop using the bathroom just like they did back then. <laughs> you want to be an originalist? Be a real originalist. Like, you know, yeah. export it to every other part of your life and don't impose it on other people. I mean, that's the problem that they're doing. You can't take 18th century living and things that happen. I mean, there were so many things that were not okay happening then. So even if you find the original meaning, it doesn't count nowadays because it's things like slavery. You know what? 
that was kosher, really not kosher anymore. There, and there's so many things like that. Originalism doesn't, it doesn't hold up. And yet they keep using it as an excuse. Right. When, well, and they'll say, like, I feel like it's, it's a very, like, phony. It's kind of like the way that the right frames things. I think they often do a very good job at it. Because, for example, if you were to look at, um, even if you were just to look at pro-choice or pro-life, right? The way that they frame themselves as pro-life on an issue where really, you know, they are not pro-life in any, in any sense of the word, except for you got to push out this baby. Like you can't make the choice of your own body while you're pregnant. Um, But the way that they frame issues, I think are oftentimes like misleading. And I think that that's one of them where they call themselves like literalists when in reality, like, the way that they interpret the constitution is not literal, you know, because no. again, the second amendment was never intended to give random people with mental health issues, access to armaments, armaments right. that can, if it dis- was literal, they would yeah. have the militia, you know what I mean? Right. A well-regulated right. militia. Right. But, but when it comes to the right to privacy, uh, nah, nah. we're going to be literal we're when it comes to, literal. Yeah, when it so I find it very interesting that uh, in general, like most things, conservatives tend to have the feeling that they can pick and choose what they want to be literal about, what they want to be metaphorical about, and what they want to just pull out of their ass. <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is the thing that drives me the most. If you're going to be consistent, be consistent about everything. If you're going to be pro-life, be anti-death penalty. Be anti-war. Be pro-life. From birth and you know until conception or whatever they what is the newest one in Oklahoma until from fertilization, which by the way, fertilization happens before implantation. You know what I mean? Like that that's wow. for, like the egg is fertilized, it's not even implanted in the uterus yet for usually days. So like right. how you get like literally like ex- immediately You're post-sex. not pregnant even at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it hasn't implanted, right? And it could yeah. like implant ectopically. But regardless, the point being, if you're going to be consistent, if you're going to be anything, be consistent. If you're going to be pro-life, be pro-life from start to finish. Yeah. It's just, it's it's like, it's, and it's like, it's kind of like, um, but the same goes for the, you know, for everyone on the left too. You know, if you're going to be anti-violence, like be anti-violence, which means be anti-Will Smith slapping <laughs> Chris Rock. <laughs> Don't give him a standing yeah. ovation. You know, yeah. be, but that's a joke room. But like be anti anti violence all the way around. You know what I mean? And like we have oh, yeah. this amazing judicial system, which is innocent until proven guilty. So I think you kind of have to give the benefit of the doubt. Okay. As soon as we know like a fetus is viable, all right. That makes sense. You know, let's assume that it's alive and sentient if it can live outside the body. You know what I mean? Let's assume that it's mm-hmm. got feelings. It can experience pain, stuff like that. That's a reasonable place to cut off, except in extreme circumstances, right? That's mm-hmm. that's a yeah. reasonable thing to do. But the problem is, it's just there's no reason. Nobody's reasonable anymore. But the problem with all the politicians, too, is like they make everyone so afraid because they know that's how people vote. I, I, I always appreciate going on like random political rants with you. And sometimes I feel like we are uh, gonna like end up making it to host spot on like MSNBC, but less corporate. <laughs> 
way less corporate and a little like a little more like I love MSNBC, but I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, everyone's getting so dramatic. Like, take it down a notch. Like, take it down a notch. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're going we're gonna to be OK. Like, we're going to be all right. It's not the end of the world, you know, but I feel like I feel like you would give Rachel Maddow a run for her money. Oh, she's she's the special. She's been gone lately for so long. I miss Rachel. She's only on like Mondays anymore. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. She's off doing some special project, which I'm very interested to see what it is. But I, I want like to be Ali the Belsie. next Coop. Coop? Who's Coop? <laughs> Anderson Cooper. Oh my god! Oh I want to be the next. And- I just gotta. I just gotta bleach my hair and dye it white. Oh, maybe you'll get lucky and grow go gray early, <laughs> like Anderson did. <laughs> Here's the problem. I don't know how Anderson Cooper is one of those people where. You have no idea how old he is, but you know Not that he looks amazing. He could be he could be 22 or he could be like I 74. Saw, yes. And saw, either way, you know that he's the most gorgeous person on the, on the he's earth. He's a silver and fox. Even if I were completely silver, uh, I'm already past his prime. I don't Do you know think what I mean? So. I saw I saw some video clips of him yesterday from like the 90s and he was already gray, like completely gray. Yeah. And he looked very similar to how he does now, but I think you could carry it off. Like you, you and Anderson have that good-looking guy, like that, that oh, very thank yeah. You. No, like that's fine the features. first time I've ever been uh, compared to Anderson Cooper. You and could I'm, do it. I'm living for it. Yeah, I'm you should. You it. could you could pull it off. Yeah, <laughs> I bet I, you could totally pull it off. I remember when I found out when his mom was Gloria Vanderbilt, and I was like, "What the hell? Really? Yeah. I had no idea." I know, isn't it? Okay. He did this. He did this amazing wow. documentary about his mom, like you know, who's like a famous fashion designer in the, in the day. But, wow. But I always think that, like, I think, like, wow, if I'd grown up in like the city and had the advantages of like being exposed to all this stuff, like, where would I be in this life? It would be so cool. And because I feel like they have a, know, they huh? have a head start. Yeah. I feel like they have a head start on us who were like kids like us who had no idea that like even doing stuff like this was a possibility. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Every day we Slowly get a little better. Sure. Yeah. A little bit better. I'm gonna take my sunglasses off. Oh, it's still pretty bright. I, l- you I look, love it. You do look amazing with those sunglasses as well. I feel like you have a very like aviator. Um, yeah, they're my Top Guns. Yeah, there you go. You look like a Tom Cruise type or Biden. <laughs> so if you could do any, if you could play any role, like say, say, all right, tomorrow you were guaranteed to land whichever role you wanted to you could you could try out for anything oh. who would you want to play Amelia Earhart want- Joe Biden it could be anyone oh my god I would want to be a superhero in okay I I like DC more than Marvel because it's dark so in like the DC universe yeah mm-hmm. um as far as like real people who would I want to play like okay not counting age or anything like that yeah, you could be any race, any gender, any age. Oh, I think I'd play Mary Magdalene. Oh. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah. I feel like I I think she was a complicated lady. Uh was was she is it true that she was a prostitute? It's or not that she true was that a she sex was a worker. prostitute. Ah, it was not okay. it's not true that she was a sex worker. That like that we know of. Like it's not in there. It's just became a rumor. It's actually not in the um okay. synoptic gospels. Um, synoptic okay. being they're similar so Matthew Mark Luke and John uh, that kind of basis which were written mm-hmm. starting about 90 BC oh, I'm going off on my stuff sorry like 90 BC <laughs> like after Jesus was on the planet 
so it was actually a while but she she was like a definitely a deep thinker and one of those people that gave up everything to follow christ which i always think is like amazing because even like the dudes like all like peter and like james and stuff and john like they're all like out fishing and mm-hmm. they're just on a boat and she's like hey dudes you know come come why don't you come follow me and they're like now you know and like and like if like i think if this right. happened now they like and I'd be like, even me, like even me who loves you, I'd be like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of on this boat right now fishing. Yeah. Should we cut? Should we yeah. meet you on shore later? No, no, no. Leave the boat. Come now. Like leave the, leave the boat. Like how long should we leave the boat? Like forever. Leave, just ditch the boat. Just ditch yeah. our boat. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I would like to see. Tough. Yeah. I would like to see an ad- adaptation of Jesus's life that is realistic in terms of like, you would have had to be somewhat crazy to actually follow him during his lifetime, right? Yeah, but that's what I mean. <laughs> like, who said, like, okay, okay, Danny, leave. I'm going to show up. I'm. Okay, I know we've never met. Leave your house. Leave the dogs behind. Leave leave your, your, your fiancé behind. Just leave everything. Don't even grab some clothes. Maybe a sweater mm-hmm. for the chilly evenings. And just come with me. And to be like, would you do it? Say the word, Diane. I've been looking for an excuse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they're following me. I gotta get out. <laughs> <laughs> but I always think that, like, wow, how ballsy, how ballsy these people were. And like Mary Magdalene yeah. was one of them. She's like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. We're gonna do this. Like, let's go. What about you? Okay. If you could play anyone in the world, who would it be? Um that's a that's a really good question that is hard for me to answer as a non-actor. But uh, assuming that, A, I'm, I'm not great at comedy, I feel like. I'm a pretty self-deprecating dry type, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, B, uh, I'm really terrible at accents. So it has to, has to be someone in the American... No. I mean, I could do like the whole like Sean Connery playing like a French person, (laughs) not doing and like just staying in my normal like speech pattern. Oh my God. I have Um, a stand up gig tomorrow night and I'm so unprepared. Sorry. Connery is always a part of it. No. Oh, I was actually going to ask you a question. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, uh, I, I, in your stand up special, I think you do an impression of Chris Maloney. That's pretty good. Is that true? It is. It's well. I wouldn't say it's Could good. Could you give me a teaser of your Chris Maloney? <laughs> I'm really curious. We got we got a floater. <laughs> this, is, this is my impression of. <laughs> but it's wait. I've got headphones on, so like I think I'm gonna. I'll, I'll probably knock everything over. <laughs> like. <laughs> wait. wait wait wait! You should put your put your aviators on. Oh yeah. Olivia, oh, I knocked the headphones out. <laughs> wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Okay, take two, take two. Olivia, we got a floater. And then, but like, it's all, all of his acting is in the ass. It's all just, it's just ass acting. <laughs> yeah you just have to like it's too hard we're too close up but um that's my impression of maloney yeah it's, but you, it's a lot of butt stretching i have so much respect for um just the way that he acts and the yeah. way that yeah i don't know he's cool he seems like a cool guy 
He's a cool guy. He's a very cool guy. Is so it we, true that yeah. you used to send like cans of vegetables to him? Absolutely. I would leave them all over set, like open cans of mixed vegetables. He was like, you're, you such ex- a, you're such a jackass. <laughs> okay, so explain like why, like why vegetables? Why? Okay, you have not seen the film Wet Hot American Summer, have you? No, I haven't. Okay, no, that's your homework. You need to go watch Wet Hot American okay. Summer and then report back. It is hilarious. <laughs> and Maloney plays in it a, a returned Vietnam vet who is a summer camp cook for like all these horrible children. And uh, <laughs> he's got some mental problems, but his best friend is an a, a open can of mixed vegetables that talks to him. So, <laughs> so... So I would leave him like I would put them all over set like my first six months there. And finally, after a while, he was like, who keeps doing this? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I do. And he's like, why? (laughs) He was so angry. And I was like, why? Like all all veins and stuff. And I'm like, "Uh, wet, hot American summer, dude. And he's like, how old are you? And I was like. 25 and he's like oh oh yeah that's that makes sense i was like (laughs) that is funny how much older is he than you are like 20 something years okay okay i know so it's really funny so all these people they're always like um you know like oh like are you guys all like best friends and i'm like the next youngest person was marishka who's like 15 years older than i am so like yeah like you know i'm in my early 20s and everyone else is in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And, like, yeah. you know, like, think of the 20-year-old intern at work. Like, do you hang out with the 20-year-old intern at work? Or are you annoyed by them? You know? like I'm on so, the same maturity level as the 20-year-olds usually. Right, yeah. So, like, all, like, a lot of the people that worked, like, on the set, like, the PAs and stuff, we were all friends because we were all in our 20s. Yeah, everyone else was, was a lot older. Not that I didn't. I loved them. I loved hanging out with them and I like them now and still talk to them. But yeah, it's, but it was really funny. Like we, yeah, you know, we just had this giant age gap and I was really enthusiastic and a lot of energy. So I'm sure yeah. I was annoying as hell. <laughs> like annoying as hell. Well, should we, should we detour it and do some articles? Cause look, we're already like, I know, I know. I feel like, I feel like this whole thing has just kind of already been one big detour. Oh, it has. But- um, Daddy, no! I'm driving off a cliff today, son. Because <laughs> your mother cheated on me. <laughs> We're all gonna die now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So let's look at the news. What? Well, oh, I mean, yeah. we kind of talked. Obviously, you know, super, super sad Texas shooting. I um, can't. Yeah. And nothing's I mean, going to be done about it. And it's going to keep happening more and more. And all these people keep building on top of each other. And it's awful. And by yeah. the way, I'm just going to say one thing. All these people's theories like, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with the gun. These people, they had like they had officers, armed officers on campus, did nothing. Police there in seconds couldn't get into the room, couldn't stop the guy. The guy had to, the, air, the, the automatic rifles were too much. He was too well yeah. armed. He had body armor. Same thing happened. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, like that guy didn't even go inside. He just was like, oh, I hear shooting. I'm going to hang out outside. You know, like yeah. it, it, 
where are these good guys with the guns? They can't do it. It's 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 a BS argument, and I'm sick of hearing it. Yeah. And by yeah, the way, no. I'm not even like anti-gun. Like like I think guns have their place, and I think they have their place in in certain places with certain people. And the majority of responsible gun owners actually want gun safety protections because it's insane. But like, you know mm-hmm. what? They need to stop thinking everybody wants to take their guns away. Listen, nobody wants to take their guns away. Nobody wants to take all your guns away. Nobody wants to come in, raid your house and take all your guns. What people don't want is to be shot to death in a grocery store while they're buying tampons. You know what I mean? You don't want to like bleed out while you're bleeding out because the irony is too much. <laughs> very, very Sorry. valid point. No, yeah, no, no, I loved it. Wants- Nobody wants to die doing that. Like nobody wants to die in a grocery store. No one wants to die in a mall. Nobody wants to die in an elementary school. Nobody wants to be shot to death anywhere. Do you want to be yeah. shot to death, Danny? Um, not really. Maybe on a bad day. Do you do you know who really does want to get shot to death? Who? The suicide cult people that does it. It doesn't matter. It's like the same as I call I Al Qaeda. You know what I mean? Like suicide yeah. bombers. These like eighteen year old kids. They're, that's the thing. They're always talking about like, oh, well, we just we can't legislate for behavior. So we need to legislate consequences and enforce the laws that we already have. Let me tell you, people who are going in planning on dying by by cop have absolutely no, no concern in the world for your consequences. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's crazy. But yeah, I, I think you like you brought up a really good point that like, OK, where was this shooting at? It was in Texas. It's in Texas, man. Um, where were all the good guys with the guns when they were there? We needed them. Yeah. They were there. They're, that's the they thing. They just didn't Danny. do anything, and that's the and that's the thing. Yeah, like they it didn't. Work. At the end of the day, it doesn't. Yeah, the idea that the more you flood guns into an area, the less likely this is to happen, just completely false. Okay, here, here's. Let me put it this way. The more, the more anything in a certain area, the more likely it is that bad things are going to happen, right? You know what? If you put like 20 people with herpes in a room, I guarantee something <laughs> like, you know what, what if, I mean? No, but seriously, though, what if I'm a good guy with herpes? <laughs> the only thing that stops a bad guy with herpes is a good guy with herpes and bell tricks. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so but, it, but it's insane. Like it's such an insane argument. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah, like yeah. you know what? The only thing that's gonna start it's like our shark attack thing from last week. You know, like the only thing that's gonna stop a shark attack is more sharks. It's like not at all. Like that just means you're more likely to get attacked by a shark. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still scared of sharks. So okay. So I have another interesting story. Um I think it's interesting. So tell me. How it's a woman that wrote a romance novel called How to Murder Your Husband was uh-huh. just convicted of murdering her husband. Okay, here's so, my question. Worst romance novel ever. Like, why? what is a romance novel about killing your husband? How is that a romance novel? It's like a Stephen <laughs> King book. Yeah. So, uh, so Nancy Brophy, a 71-year-old romance novelist, was accused yeah. in the shooting death of her husband. She said prosecutors had sketched a flawed plot line. So a romance novelist who wrote about how to murder your husband was convicted in her husband's killing on Wednesday following a contentious trial in which prosecutors leaned on a puzzle of circumstantial evidence to portray the author as a duplicitous spouse who spent months quietly plotting the perfect crime. But it obviously wasn't so perfect. Um, what uh, do you think? Think she did it? I- I think murder is what she wrote. 
That's a very, very old timey reference that if my grandmother was still alive today, she oh would love. Oh my God, love. our grandmas would, would dig that reference. Yeah. Our grandmas would totally dig it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So a new poll, 54% of Americans disapprove of Supreme Court following Roe draft opinion leak. Okay. So do they disapprove of the leak? Do they disapprove of the Supreme Court? Of the court. Or, or do they disapprove of the decision? I think so this the poll was seeing whether they approve of the court itself so this is a reflection of whether they approve of the court i'm i'm amazed uh, it's not higher than 54 percent what's interesting though is that before the leak came out the approval ratings of the supreme court was much higher yes so, high, the highest of all three branches of government right and so now, basically, the way that the Americans view the Supreme Court has drastically dipped. Right. Uh, because they've politicized themselves by acting in a political manner. Oh, yeah. Not, not according to precedent or law. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's interesting. Do you want me to read a couple of paragraphs? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> Uh, no, okay. you can't. You can't if you want to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We're all good. We're all good. All right. So, <laughs> so, uh, all right. The next story <laughs> is uh, Donald Trump had a very rough night in. Fl- <laughs> I keep wanting to say Florida. Say Florida, and it- I keep wanting to say everyone has a rough night in Florida. Every yeah. night in Florida is a rough night. Yeah. He had a very rough night in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that we mean basically everybody that he endorsed lost their primary. Oh my god! In Purdue, Georgia, Purdue went down in like, like just a flaming bat. Like if okay, so I'm on the top of a building in New York, and now if I took a dump into like a brown paper bag that came from like the deli, and I lit it on <laughs> fire, <laughs> I threw it off the side of the building. That's David Purdue. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> Except for it's hotter than he is. It is it's gonna be way hotter than he is. That's hot. <laughs> he's not even he's not, good, you know he's what? not quite a Madison Cawthorn. I'm not gonna light the bag on fire and then I'm gonna toss the bag off and that's David Purdue. That's where he's run. <laughs> well wait yeah. who I hate these professional candidates. They just go from campaign to campaign to campaign to campaign. They never win anything. They just keep like raking in money, taking it in, living off of it. Do you know, Mm -hmm. like all the people that worked on my campaign said I was the only person that they'd ever worked for that ran for office that didn't steal from their own campaign. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's that's insane. Horrifying. Horrifying. Well, and possibly I should have been stealing from my own that's, campaign. That's what I was going to say. I was like, why no, did she kidding. steal was, from your own campaign? It was mostly it was mostly my own money, so it would have been pointless. So. <laughs> you didn't have any super PAC contributors? Not a one. Wow. Did you, you have any PAC contributors? Nope. Oh, wow. So it was all yeah. just like small dollar donations. Yeah. No corporate, like anything like that. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Look at you. You got you're like a. You're you like a. And that was before, what What year did you run for office? Uh, 2018. Midterm. 2018. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this was like in the uh, Bernie Trump Sanders era. era. Yeah. yeah this is the so like, were, were you inspired, like your decision not to take that kind of money? Were you inspired by Bernie Sanders? Um, Honestly, a little bit, but at the same time, and it, it was more, I reread before I ran, I reread every, every piece of literature from 
Plato's Republic to like Adam Smith and everything in between and like Rousseau and Montesquieu and everything like twice. Cause I wanted to know exactly what the intention was with founding the country. And I'll tell you something, it sure as hell wasn't taking big money from anyone. <laughs> it wasn't, it right. just wasn't. Yeah. So I was just trying to do everything like the right way. Like even, even by eliminating like my party affiliation, because they, they weren't into political parties. They didn't exist. George Washington wasn't a Democrat or Republican or a Whig or a, you know, a know nothing party, mm-hmm. any of those parties that exist back in the day. They didn't yeah. have parties because it was based on ideas and who would do the best, you know, for the, for the country at the time. And even little yeah. things like the way it was meant to be, you're supposed to leave your profession, go into government for a few years. It was supposed to suck and then leave, you know, and go back to your right. life. And it's like, supposed to be like volunteering, it. basically. Yeah, yeah. It's not supposed to. It's like to, when like... you go pick up trash from the side of the road, and you're like, "Yeah, this really sucks," but I'm doing it to make my country a better place. Right. Not when you're a prisoner doing it, but like if you're volunteering to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh. Little did America, I know. America. America. I love it. I love it. So, okay. So, hey, I think this episode is going to be, is it going to be our first episode that airs in Pride Month or no? Uh, This one comes out before Pride because we have to get people for Pride. Yeah. So, I don't know where we are in terms of finding guests for Pride. So, if anyone listening to the show knows of someone that might be willing to talk to Diane for Pride, let us know. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. We're, we're currently drafting drag queens, uh, extremely gay men, uh, hyperbolic, <laughs> hyperbolic lesbians, uh, and those who confuse others very easily. We want people like on the forefront of the movement, you know, who've been, yeah, they, they've been, yeah, blazing trails. Not that I'm not gay enough, because I'm very gay myself, but like. If there's someone that can just like take it up a level for us, let us right. know. Right, we 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 need like a guest gay. Yeah, we need a guest gay. We need a yeah. guest gay. Yeah. So or let uh, us hopefully... know who you'd like, and we'll reach out to someone. This makes us sound yeah. like we don't do any preparation. No, we we've thought about this, guys. We've thought about it. We, we thought just about haven't. This. We just haven't done a lot of legwork. Yeah. And by legwork, <laughs> I mean any work. <laughs> Okay, I definitely feel like this has bonus episode vibes right now. <laughs> it does have bonus episode vibes. <laughs> Which, uh, can I just say, uh, during the last bonus episode, when I was transcribing the audio, like the yeah. AI transcriber, it totally thought that bonus episode said boner episode. No, and actually it was worse because I thought, I don't think we called it a bonus episode. We called it a bonus show. So it just said over and over and over. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. You have to, there were, there were a lot of like transcription errors in, in um, the, the clip that was doing really well too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all like done by AI because, and I'll correct the important things. You know what? Computers. Yeah. One day they're going to get better. We are not going to have any transcription errors by the year 2045. No, and they're gonna kill us. Then, then the, the AI is gonna turn around and and murder us. Yeah. So it's okay. It's I, don't, I don't mind errors in the AI. It's twenty forty five. One hell of a year. <laughs> the, the year it all ended. The year the computers took over and killed humanity. 
It, it, all right, so if you had to hypothesize how humanity is going to end, because, like, theoretically, at some point in time, humanity will oh, yeah. end, right? Like, just the chances yeah. are we're not going to go on forever. No. How do you think that humanity is going to die out? Um, I think it's going to be a combination of all kinds of things, like starvation, plague, drought, famine... I think it's going to start like that, which then will cause wars. So lots of people are going to die in wars. And then you're going to have idiot people who get trigger happy. So they're going to have like nuclear annihilation. I think it's going to be like a, it's going to be a real mixed bag. That's a super realistic hot take. And I love it. Yeah. My theory is that we're going to invent AI to solve mm-hmm. climate change. And then the AI is going to invent robots, going to start building robots that kill humans to solve climate change. Well, because if you were AI, and then they take it too far. Well, no, because if if you were if you were literally okay, let's just imagine we were pieces of technology and we were dispassionate, right, and just looking at things very objectively. Okay, the the climate change is the thing that's ruining everything, and what's the thing causing climate change? Humans. Humans. Let's get rid of the humans. It's a very Genghis Khan approach to lowering CO2 levels, which he did do, by the way, but because of how many people he killed. killed but a lot from, of a, from an AI perspective, it just might work. Do you know what my favorite Genghis Khan move was? When he would get to like a new walled city, especially when like the plague hit, he would take like the plague riddled bodies of like the people from his own camp and catapult them in over the walls into the walled city and give everyone the plague and just wait for everyone to die out. Are you serious? Yeah, that was like that oh was gosh. like his that was like a classic con move. It was like let's catapult wow. some plague bodies. Wow. That's yeah, insane. He, he's hardcore. I want to know we who the guys that are. In depth sometimes. Yeah, we do. I want to know who the guys are like if they were assigned by Genghis Khan like, "Hey, you got to like, you know what? You touch that plague body and put it on the catapult." I'd be like, "I don't want to put the plague body cuz you know who's going to be the next plague body on the catapult." Right. This guy. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I don't yeah. want such a plague body. That's a uh, biological warfare has a long and rich history, doesn't it? It really, really does. It's just nowadays it's gotten more so all right, so what's the deal with biological warfare? Like I've heard the reason why biological warfare is like outlawed by Geneva Conventions is because essentially you can't really say, Hey, we're gonna use this biological weapon to target the army of this other Oh yes, society. it kills civilians, it kills everyone in between, yeah. it kills all the animal life. It's like Nate like you can't. So th- that's why it's, yes, you're exactly right. Why it's banned by the Geneva Convention, because you can't just specifically. Also, it's usually horrible and torturous ways to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really unpleasant. Really unpleasant ways to die. Yeah. And on that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> okay. List list three ways you don't want to die, Danny. Three ways I don't want to die. Yeah. Um, definitely by fire. That, right. that sounds the worst. Um Dying of like cancer or another uh, disease where like you have a long time to know you're going to die before you die feels like a double edged sword because on one hand you're like, okay, cool. I get my time to tell people goodbye. But uh, you see the but clock at the same time, down. like, yeah, it just feels very, it sounds like it'd be depressing. So I, yeah. I'd have to say that. And then the third option would be I don't want to die by firing squad. Really? That doesn't seem that bad to me. I don't want to be eaten alive. By an animal. Just, oh, that would be oh, oh. Yeah, I don't want to drown. 
Yeah, that sounds terrible as well. Terrible. Dr- well, you know, okay, actually, the thing about drowning, I used to think that that would be a terrible way to die, but mm-hmm. I read that, like, once you inhale a certain amount of liquid into your lungs, like, your body, like, your brain just kind of shuts down. Like, it just is like, yeah, we're not going to survive this. Let's just go offline. I don't want to experience this pain. Let's just, we're done. Really? You know? I heard that I, it takes, I, like, eight agonizing minutes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that, that does sound pretty bad then. We can agree on fire, though, right? Yeah, we can 100% agree on fire. Yeah, that, that's pretty bad. Yeah. No burning at the stake for me. If you... All right, how do you want to die if you could choose your own death? I think we've uh, covered this before. I think but... fighting fighting sharks in space. <laughs> like something... Like something... Sharks really, with lasers? Like... like Yes, with laser beams attached to them. Like something like insane where like humanity's on the line and you're like i got this you know what i mean like yeah, that, like bruce willis violent. at the end of armageddon he's like leave me on the asteroid I, i'll do the last drilling i'll get the nuke down there yeah like being blown up like an being incinerated immediately like that's not so bad like that kind of fire it, i'm like mm, okay is it boring to say that i just love to die of old age like no like in your sleep and yeah like 143 Finally decided, you know, I've had enough. Wow, you're going like a like, biblical age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, that's a long time. By many people's, uh, apparently, supposedly, there are many people that claim to be like in the multi, like decades past their centennial. I don't know, so, man. Make it to make it to 45 and see how you feel. And you'll be like, I don't know about <laughs> that. I don't know if I'd add like another 100 years to this. <laughs> like, it sounds Wait, terrible. Do you feel like, like, can you tell that your body is aging? Oh, my God. Can I, yeah. I, it is. It is. It, and it happens. It happens so quickly. And it happens so profoundly. And it, it happens so pervasively, <laughs> like every part. So, like, it's everything from, like, white pubes, which you're like, excuse me. Oh, like, what? <laughs> yes. Wait, 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 wait. You get white pubes as you age? Y- yes. Yes. Wow. I did not white, know this. White eyebrow hairs, white pubes, white every Like, it's from little things like that to then, like, weird hair. Like, I have, like, two pig bristles. Like, they grow out of one on each side of it. And you're like, what is the To just, like, like, standing up. Like, when you get up in the morning and you put your feet on the floor, it feels like someone electrocuted your feet. You're like, ow! Just putting your own body weight on them is like, ow! <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. I never understood all this. Like people like rolling through bottles of Tylenol and stuff just to keep going. And I'm like, what's wrong with them? And I'm like, oh, they're just of a certain age, man. Which makes <laughs> me wonder, just... I'm like, if I feel this crazy now, and I'm like, how am I going to feel like when I'm 90? Like, it's going to be horrible. Which makes right. me think that that people like William Shatner are like, good for you because he's going to space at 90. Like, I don't have the energy of 45. And I love space. Yeah, yeah. If I could take, like, um, a handful of Xanax, I think I could go to space. I think I could calm down enough to, like, be in that claustrophobic capsule. I mean, I'm afraid of heights, but I feel like once you got out of orbit, once you got into space, I feel like you don't it would be a be... pretty fun experience. I'd like to think so. Or Like, zero gravity terrifying. sounds amazing. We could do <laughs> zero gravity now. We could go up in one of those planes Those that do zero gravity That's true. Flights. Yeah. How much does it cost? Ten grand. Oh my gosh, we yeah. should do it. Let's do it. All right. So, if you guys want to support us going <laughs> to zero gravity, 
<laughs> if you'd like, we could do an entire podcast from Zero Gravity. Yeah, that'll be amazing. It would be amazing. Okay, let's It'll plan on that. It'll last three minutes. <laughs> it's a three minute. It's a three minute episode, but you know what? It's worth every penny. And like, and I like, I think you know what? We should shoot for this. We should aim for this. That like, if we, if we get enough money, we're gonna go do this. All right, we're gonna do it. And then we're gonna go hang out on a Jamaican farm. I'm down for that too. Yeah. So real quick before we end the show, I did want to um, say two things. Well, one, I'm sure a lot of people already know, but we have a YouTube channel now, which is awesome. So YouTube. you can literally just search here, say Diane Neal on YouTube and it'll pop up. It's like the one with that says here, say Diane Neal as the title of the channel. And it also has a photo that says here, say Diane Neal. So we made it very easy to find it. Um, so that's one thing. Secondly, I wanted to read a couple of comments from the YouTube channel because there oh. was some really cool stuff. Um, oh, nice. So Sandra Marin says, this is my favorite podcast. And then in all caps, I love it. And um, and no, I and now I can see you guys. Keep up Yay. the good entertainment. Yay. So thank you, Sandra. You're awesome. Thank, thank you, Sandra. you for being an early follower, an early, early subscriber. Um, Ryan Royal says, I'm so glad I found this podcast. I've been a big fan of Diane for years. She's a fountain of knowledge. And Diane and Danny together have me in stitches. The Captain Cook slash Hook moment had me wheezing. <laughs> One of my favorite podcasts. <laughs> that, was, that was exceptionally funny. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. uh, and completely genuine, by the way. I literally did not know there was a difference between Captain Cook and Hook. So... <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. You never and know then, until you know. And then uh, Jody Brown also said, uh, telling you, Diane, to please name the gator after her. Jody is a great name for a gator. Oh my God, says. Jody! Jody is now the name of the gator. Like when I get when I get down to Florida, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like everyone in the neighborhood, like the neighbors, <laughs> Dor Doris and Don, who are always like done up, like done up to the nines. And they're in their yeah. 80s, like almost 90s. And they're like full lipstick and makeup. And he's got a toupee on and everything. I'm going to be like, they're the, they're the ones that the gator likes that sits on their front porch. And I'm like, that, ga that gator's named Jody. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's a great name. Jody the gator. Could, do you think I could get a collar on the gator that says Jody? <laughs> Only if you put it on yourself. Only if I want to win a Darwin Award. Yeah. <laughs> So on that note, um, thank yeah, you, everyone. Do you, have, do you have any final words, Diane? <laughs> I never thought it was going to go this way. <laughs> That's just like my final words in life. We're totally. A, I was surprised the whole time. Like if that was on my gravestone, like I was constantly shocked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. How about your right. final words? I'm just going to end with my signature. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye, we'll everyone. see you soon. Bye.